Hello and welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 1, Episode 9, The Prodigal. This episode originally aired on December 8th, 1985. It was directed by Alexander Singer, and it was written by, um, it was a story by Paul Savage and David Abramowitz, and then it, the script, it looks like, was just credited to David Abramowitz. And again, we have no opening gambit. Yeah, no opening gambit. For Always this sad when there's no opening gambit. Um, so why don't we get into uh, a brief description of uh, the story for this episode? Well, in this episode of MacGyver, a uh, crime boss, well, the brother of a crime boss, is going to testify against him, and so he's trying to be trying to have him eliminated before he has a chance to get his testimony out. Right. It. Uh, he, he's basically ratting on the family, and the family's right. going to take him out before he can do it. And that's basically it. I mean, the the whole story is just about these these two brothers and their relationship, and uh, and uh, MacGyver trying to protect the the witness in uh, in this testimony situation. So um, why don't we move on into the the full description of the episode? All right. So um, we start with, like we said, no opening gambit. No opening gambit on this. And we move right into the introduction, I believe, of the Venice apartment. Yeah, this is the first time that we've seen him having. Well, we've, since the observatory. Right. This is the first time we've actually seen a place where he lives, and it's a real. It's, it's a more logical place to live. It's yeah. a, it's an apartment on Venice. It's not a. It's something you might consider a house. It's not a national landmark. Yeah. <laughs> He's not living in the Washington Monument. And uh, it doesn't seem way beyond his means. Like, yeah, no, absolutely not. I have no idea what MacGyver gets paid as a, as an agent of whatever organization he Probably belongs to. Probably not enough. Yeah, not enough to, to pay rent even, mm-hmm. I would say, on, on the Griffith Observatory. But uh, so, yeah, he lives in a, a small apartment on i think he's on the third floor right he's it looks like it looks like the third floor and he's above a, an ice cream shop called uh, coney island and there's a uh, uh, i get it get it <laughs> at first i was like oh is this supposed to be on the east coast no no it's cones i'm an idiot <laughs> yeah and uh so he he makes the point that he's not usually home and it's nice to be there because you know every other episode starts with as soon as i got this done they dragged me to this other mm-hmm. mission so now he's he's actually getting some time off not really though because he's about to have an appointment with someone right yeah he made an appointment with an architect who's going to be turning over his testimony as evidence i i don't know if at this point he's decided that he's officially doing that well yeah he's still uh the frank bennett who is the brother of joey bennett who's a criminal yeah i say crime boss but i just it's just a he's just like a He's like drunk he's, kingpin. He's the patriarch of the family now, mm-hmm. um, in their father's absence from having passed away. It's not clear if the father also ran the drug trade. I at think the time. It, I think they do. Well, they they at least make the point that he was a very violent character. Yeah. Um, when he was when they were in Europe, he was they called him the butcher. Yeah. And so we get the feeling that he's he's no one to mess with. And they when they came to America, he must have just set up shop. Doing... We, we've learned from Catelyn that the butcher is not a nickname that they give to people lightly. <laughs> but yeah, and it could be like a Godfather type situation where the son tried to introduce the drugs to the organization. Mm-hmm. Because in the Godfather movies, uh, Don Corleone was never a fan of the drug stuff. He wanted, right. he was all for the gambling and all the other stuff, but drugs was where he drew the line. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not clear whether or not um, the father of Frank and Joey was, was ever a part of the drug stuff. But yeah, so Frank uh, pulls up in uh, in a Camaro, you said. Yeah, Camaro. And um, 
and meets him outside of the place and and uh, MacGyver grabs him a cup of coffee and they just start talking. Yeah, and the, he MacGyver repeatedly awkwardly jumps over this railing. Right. Like to get the coffee, he's like like he he jumps over to meet him and says, "You want a cup of coffee?" He jumps over again and then he jumps back over again with with him. I think he's just a big fan of jumping over railings. He'll yeah. do it again later at the at the house. It, it kind of reminded me of I don't know if you've ever seen the the Commander Riker sits down in chairs video. <laughs> I don't know if I have. Oh yeah, where it's just he does it in really weird ways every time. Yeah, he he's so tall that he just throws his leg over the back of the chair every time he sits down. Yeah. And so it just kept reminding me that he just kept jumping back over like just walk around it, my guy. Yeah, okay. he's just he was just really antsy, I think, and and was like I could walk around it. I'm just going to jump over this mm-hmm. railing every time. Right off the bat, like they they start talking about uh, business, and uh, they're waiting for the federal marshal, uh, Wiley, to show up to kind of like finalize the arrangement of what's going to be happening. Because MacGyver's not actually doing anything yet. He's going to be hired later on to do security. Yeah, he's like coordinating the witness relocation right. type situation for this guy. So this this was supposed to just be an introduction between Frank and... MacGyver and then the marshal and to get to, you know, we're going to take your testimony and then this guy's going to take care of you. Yeah. But before Wiley shows up, uh, Joey sends a couple of goons after him to pick him up. Right. Uh, MacGyver goes back inside to, to try and call Wiley, see what's why he's running late. Mm-hmm. And this car pulls up and these, these two quote unquote leg breakers hop out Yeah. and uh, grab Frank, throw him in the backseat of a car and rush him off to this lumber yard across town. Right. So MacGyver chases after him, hotwires the Camaro. Yeah, he steals Frank's car. Yeah. <laughs> to chase down Frank and Frank's kidnappers. And uh, then we come to the lumber yard where they're pulling up at the car. They have the car and, and Joey's there to mm-hmm. meet with Frank and to talk to him about all this information has just come to light. They understand that he's going to be testifying against the family. Right. And uh, somehow he already has transcripts of yeah. every conversation he's had with these people. He, he's very on the ball. He's obviously been suspicious of his brother if he's been recording his, his conversations. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, MacGyver sneaks into the lumberyard and uh, pops the trunk and starts – yeah, and does uh, the bolts on both of the goon's car and on Joey's car. Which, I mean, it seems like every time he disables a car, he does it a different way. Mm-hmm. He disables two cars in this episode, so... Right. But the other one, I guess he, he had to do a, kind of a slow burn disable. It had to get yeah. further away from where it was going, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Inside the lumber yard, Joey and Frank have their little reunion, and they're talking about how Frank is going to testify, and that it, Joey's pretty much resigned to kill him at this point. Right. Like, you know... He, he kind of yells at him like, oh, you never knew where the money come f- you never knew where the money came from. You never questioned it until now and now you're gonna turn on me after all this. I kind of get where Joey's coming from a little bit. Yeah. like you, you you made yourself pretty well off up to this point and now you're gonna turn around and bite it bite the yeah. end that feeds you. But it was the overdose that ended up being the the thing that made Frank want to finally do it. not his overdose. Yeah. <laughs> I should specify uh, that uh, a kid, quote unquote, kid that Frank knew. A good kid. A good kid at his office, his architectural office, I guess. OD'd on the drugs. It was a good kid, and you killed him. And I don't think they ever mentioned specifically what drugs they're yeah, dealing they, in. They just said tailor-made poison, uh, so, which is Frank's creative nickname. For you know, him. you know, when you go to a tailor. <laughs> just like he gets your inseam for cocaine. <laughs> That's what the lines are about. Right. Uh, we should mention here that uh, Robert Romanus, uh, who plays uh, Frank, is is actually the brother of Richard Romanus, who's playing his brother in this episode. Yeah, it's so strange that they actually wanted 
to get brothers, or maybe that's just how it ended up being cast. Yeah, it, I, it's it's unclear whether it was coincidental or specifically for a, a sort of a, a a little stunt they pull later with a voice switching mm-hmm. situation where it would probably have just been easier with brothers, but very easy to fake and post anyway. Right. Um, but Robert Romanus, uh, who who you uh, people might recognize uh, as Mike Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, and that's who Frank is. That's Frank. right. That's Frank, the the younger brother in the movie. Right. And I, I don't know which one is the younger brother in real life. That, yeah. That's not really clear. I mean, he's the shorter brother. So <laughs> shorter I guess equates to younger. You're just assuming, based on that, that he is the younger brother in real life. But um, I don't know that that's the case. But Robert Romanus um, actually reprised the role of Mike Damone for an episode of Family Guy, where he's playing the same character. They actually sought him out and had him record the line for, <laughs> for the character. So I just thought that was funny. But yeah, and, and Richard Romanus, um, we're going to see again in uh, Season 2, Episode 3, Twice Stung. So he, he ends up coming back to MacGyver. But uh, this is the last, I think, we see of, of Robert. Oh. Brother probably had him killed <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> before he gave testimony. We, ne- we never get the testimony. Like we, we, we assume that he makes it. Well, he at least made a deposition yeah. that was recorded, but he, he hadn't stood trial yet, mm-hmm. which is, like I guess, the important part, according to Wiley. But before they have a chance to escape the lumberyard, MacGyver has a, there's a lot of I can't he comes in this window and he's on the second floor of some kind of part of it it's like it's the warehouse and he's up on some kind of raised level where they have a whole bunch of saws and just saw dust yeah he's like he, there's like a workstation for for cutting lumber on like the second or third story of these the, the look, warehouse just looks like shelving in a warehouse yeah but it, it it looks but there's like a table saw and there's a shop vac and there's all this stuff up there. Yeah, but it's like completely buried in sawdust. So it's just, it, I yeah, can't Yeah, someone's tell... been working up there already. <laughs> yeah, for a very long time. Because they couldn't explain how MacGyver got all this sawdust. Yeah, at a lumberyard. Without yard. making a lot of noise. Um, but yeah, so MacGyver's up top and he's sort of listening in on this whole conversation between these mm-hmm. two brothers. Um, and uh, this other family member, Uncle Vincent, is kind of stepping in. And, and it seems like he's trying to prevent this any kind of feuding between the brothers right. but he's clearly on on joey's side yeah he's things. on the he's he's the family attorney as well yeah he's the consigliere if you will yeah and so i i don't think he wants because even the thug max doesn't seem to want frank killed yeah because because joey is getting really hot tempered and and they're constantly stepping in and saying look look there's a sensible way to do this and, yeah. and joey's just like no i want it dead yeah it, it, joey is just very hardcore just yeah. doesn't want any kind of betrayal, so this is it. Got to cut him. Got to cut him loose. Yeah. Uh, probably keeps helps keep people in line too. Really. Sure. For it's his like own if people. I'm willing to kill my brother, then you guys better not try and screw me over. Yeah. But uh, so MacGyver sets up this trap. He's basically he has all these smaller logs mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of sawdust, and he sets up the shop vac. It looks like um, it's all triggered so that when he sets it off, it'll blow the sawdust right out over this conversation that's happening below but he also turns on a table saw that he can just drop loads of wood into Mm -hmm. and it'll just start firing them off like as soon as they touch the blade it's just going to throw them because nobody's holding it he builds a ramp to like feed the wood yeah it's like a ramp and a guide like just so he just has it all full and ready to go yeah so all he has to do is switch it on and walk away and so he does um at the end of this conversation right as as uh joey is gearing up to shoot his brother Mm -hmm. frank um, and the, he lets it get the whole way to the point that it's like he could have shot him, like even as oh, his yeah. trap is going. Up. Yeah, it, it's it's very strange that like at any time Joey could have pulled the gun. Because and you mentioned while we were watching that Frank 
Frank is like vulnerable in this moment because he's getting pelted with pieces of wood and sawdust too. Yeah. Like MacGyver, this is supposed to be like a distraction plan, but Frank wasn't part of it. Frank didn't know what was going to happen. MacGyver's big on on setting up plans and then just hoping that people understand what he's doing. Yeah. And and like it always works out that the the good guys escape unscathed and Mm -hmm. the bad guys are confounded by whatever happens. Yeah. So the sawdust and and wood starts coming out of nowhere and pelting everybody. MacGyver calls for Frank, and only Frank sees him. Only Frank recognizes what's going on Mm -hmm. and is able to run away. Um, And so he he chases MacGyver down this uh, down this aisle between like two shelving right uh, two two big shelves of lumber, and uh, MacGyver just takes this ladder and drags it across this aisle yeah. like he's going to block the aisle but the ladder just falls to pieces as soon as it hits <laughs> it's it's a very frail ladder which I, I think he just climbed down didn't he or did I, he just jump down i think he jumped down but either way this ladder just goes to pieces on him it's like balsa it's like, <laughs> and just, uh and so that goes down and then all these boxes fall down from above that yeah. kind of fill the space so that they can't they pursue can't them. pursue them immediately but they they are on their tail still pretty closely yeah um, and then uh, MacGyver and Frank get out of there, and uh, they the guys try to chase them in the cars. Right, but and the, all tires, the tires come off. Yeah, it's pretty pretty effective, and you can see those cars get really just the whole the whole like axle and everything just kind of like collapses once once the tires gone. It's like oof, man, those cars are those cars are actually pretty disabled yeah, now. They are a hundred percent out of commission, and uh, MacGyver takes Frank back to his apartment terrible move which is the worst plan it's like that that's where they picked him up the first time it's like macgyver isn't this where i got kidnapped like moments ago isn't (laughs) this the first place they'll check it's the only other place they know i've been today yeah exactly it's i mean i would have gone straight to the courthouse or the police station where wiley could have picked him up like why go back to yeah anyway yeah and the uh the first shot here in the in the interior of macgyver's home this is the first time we're seeing the interior of the right because he was on the balcony um but we should note that uh, <laughs> uh inside of the apartment is the sign from the trumbo's world episode that was stabbed into the riverbed that the that, keep out sign that that's trumbo refers to as the keep away sign or the keep out sign um but it's just a, it's just like a creepy face yeah it's mask. just a scary mask and it's just leaning against the wall in the background yeah i can't read it there's no there's no words on it but um yeah so he's walking around in the apartment and and uh, telling Frank that, you know, he has to make his testimony and he has to get out of there. But now Wiley is actually on time mm-hmm. and meeting them. I actually thought um, that Wiley might be corrupt at this point just because right. he was late for the meeting on purpose and that he was the one who told the crime boss exactly. that where that's where he would be. But apparently that's not the case at all and this Wiley's a good guy. Maybe that's a holdover from another draft or something that Wiley was supposed to be corrupt. But mm. um, either way, that's it's not it doesn't seem to be the case anymore. No, yeah, yeah. He... So he comes over and they tells, you know, we're going to go take his testimony. He's got he's got two other marshals with him or deputy marshals, because in the, they should all be they should all be deputy marshals first of all, right? Because uh, unless he is the marshal for because uh, that's the whole thing is you're, there's always one marshal when you when the marshal service you're always deputy marshals just like the sheriff's department, right? Uh, so it's not clear. I don't think. I don't think they ever say that he's deputy marshal. I'm not sure. I know Vincent says his full rank and title when he meets him right. outside the house. To... But the other deputies that are with him are Larson and Bridges. Yeah. And um, I, I wanted to make the point because I thought this was a bizarre coincidence on IMDb. But um, 
and you probably have noticed uh, if you listen to the show regularly that I go pretty deep into people's IMDb's to find weird things if I can find a coincidence. So uh, in this episode, we have uh, Andrew T. Wiley played by Carl Franklin, who who you had said has directed a bunch of uh, House of Cards episodes. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like it's that. Like, he's as a big as TV I... director now. And then uh, we have uh, Larson played by Michael Champion, who um, is uh, also apparently in uh, Total Recall. Total Recall, right? Um, as uh, one of uh, Michael Ironside's uh, yeah, like his, assistant. His, yeah, his, yeah, it's basically like his tech guy. He's like right. he's the one with all the technologies helping him out. Um, so the the two of them are both uh, deputy marshals in this episode, and uh, and I noticed that Carl Franklin uh, Wiley here um, played Doctor Willoughby on a two part Alf Christmas special. <laughs> Um, but he's not the only deputy in the episode to be in a two-part Alf <laughs> holiday special. The reason I don't say Christmas again is because Michael Champion played Sergeant Fox in a two-part Alf Thanksgiving special. Which I don't even know how you do a two-part Thanksgiving special. Because yeah. one of them's going to air Thanksgiving week and the other one's not. <laughs> like, Thanksgiving is not a month-long holiday the way that Christmas is. Maybe it's the week before and then on Thanksgiving Day, they show you, you the get finale. The, the conclusion of our Thanksgiving. If special. people aren't busy watching football, <laughs> I'm just seeing like a like in place of a turkey, just a cat in the middle of the table. I'm assuming this is how an Alf show would go. But yeah, I just thought it was funny that two of our deputies here both appeared in two part Alf holiday specials, and that it wasn't even the same one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and Larson and Bridges end up playing kind of like the oafish yeah assistants um, for further on. But so. Uh, Frank leaves with Wiley. With Wiley to go make his deposition. Um, but before he goes, he asks MacGyver to go visit his mother, who's in the hospital. Right. And uh, Katerina Bennett. Yeah, because uh, Frank can't go on his own because Joey would be waiting for him. So he sends MacGyver in to kind of be. Is that? I guess they. I guess because Joey does get a good look at him because he recognizes him at the hospital, but uh, you know, it, it less noticeable, I guess. Sure. And uh, Katerina Bennett, we should say, is played by Angela Clark, who uh, has had a, a very long career mm-hmm. uh, in the film industry. Um, she and uh, one of her her more prominent roles was as Mrs. Andrews in the original House of Wax in 1953. Um, this was her second to last role. She was 76 at the time of recording. Um, and the the weirdest part is that this was her second to last role. She did another thing a couple years later, and she lived another twenty five years after that. That's so crazy because you you think like oh like this oh this is the second or last role. It's like oh that's that, that's a shame. Oh no 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 she no, she, still, she was fine she, she was, was fine. It was just Frank was looking after her. Yeah, that's what it was. So MacGyver goes to visit this old woman mm-hmm. um, in the hospital, and uh, he sort of indirectly makes her a promise that he's going to deliver a message. To Frank. to Frank that she's dying um, that that's it's ironically she's very close to death <laughs> um, but um, so he he agrees to let Frank know um, she's weirdly trusting of MacGyver yeah it seems she, like. she doesn't she doesn't know him at all but and he's also assuming that she's not a fan of of Joey's drug business yeah what, what if she what if she was like half running the business yeah what if she was like the crime boss matriarch she, or something. Joey comes in and goes, that guy MacGyver knows where Frank is. Follow him. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he just says, like, well, you know, Frank's going to testify against Joey. He's giving her all this information that it's like, well, wait, why don't, you don't know her allegiance yet. Yeah. But maybe cool it on that information. Maybe just say hello like Frank asked you to and then leave. <laughs> yeah, well, Frank didn't say, oh, yeah, by the way, MacGyver, don't trust her. Yeah. Uh, but he encounters Joey on the way out. Right. And Joey, Joey's kind of respectful of the hospital, at least, says, like, we're not going to have any trouble here, right? 
Like, cause he's got one. He's got a bouquet of flowers, so he can't pull a gun. Right. But uh, Wiley, I'm sure there's a gun in the flowers. There's a gun in flowers. Straight up Terminator. <laughs> but Wiley or Wiley says that he wouldn't hesitate to shoot her, shoot him, shoot Frank on his death mother's deathbed. Yeah. So which it, is clearly not the case. Yeah. But Wiley's just exaggerating to make his own point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I always like these moments too, where people who are like mortal enemies meet mm-hmm. in some like safe zone yeah where they just have to deal with each other very diplomatically and they're like okay we can't do anything here so let's pretend we're civilized and have a conversation yeah. real quick it's i don't know why but the tension of those kind of situations is always interesting best scene ever highlander clancy brown and christopher lambert yeah and they're they both realize that they can't do anything on hallowed ground yeah so back at the courthouse where uh, we, we come in where Frank's just finishing up his testimony, like, you know, they're recording it and transcribing it. And MacGyver shows up to tell, try to talk to Frank, but Wiley intercepts him. Right. Wiley is fully aware that Frank's mother is dying. He says they're in communication with the hospital, right. so they're monitoring her situation. But he has not yet told Frank, and MacGyver wants to tell him, and Wiley doesn't want to let him. Right, because he knows the first thing that he's going to do is try and go visit her at the hospital. Exactly. And that's where Joey's going to catch up with him and just kill him right on her deathbed. Which... Mm. Or at least just usher him out of the hospital. Right. Um, and uh, MacGyver kind of threatens him a little bit, mm-hmm. like saying this is a violation of, of Frank's civil rights and uh, and basically kind of implies that he's going to tell him anywhere, find a way to get the message to him. And Wiley turns on him hardcore and just says mm-hmm. like look i'm gonna i'm gonna get have you arrested and turn you into a material witness so that you're you're held um until this trial happens right which he is uh, he, in a sense i mean he is a material witness he he overheard this conversation between these two brothers where they discussed this the rotten drug business and he saw one of them draw a gun on mm-hmm. the other one and they were also both fired at in their escape yeah and uh so but macgyver tries to make it sound illegal he says oh i get it you're willing to break the law in order to uphold it and uh wiley like immediately like looks around like i hope no judges heard that <laughs> like he's all paranoid like oh no don't accuse me of a crime in a courthouse but you really <laughs> Some haven't committed out of his chambers huh what <laughs> what's that who, who committed a crime who's breaking the law but uh but he's really not breaking the law and he could very easily have held macgyver as a material yeah. witness and i'm surprised macgyver was even pushing him on it because like, why even risk it? Why not just turn around and try and execute your plan of telling Frank anyway? Right. You're not going to convince him that it's a good idea. The first part of his plan to – he says spring Frank – or no, he says spring Frank later. later. But I guess just to to intercept Frank right. at this point is he – first thing he does is he calls – a tow truck rental company. Yeah, Acme Auto Tow Rental. Which I've never heard of a company that rents exclusively tow trucks. Like they're they committed wholeheartedly to being a tow service, but then they just didn't want to hire drivers. Yeah. So they just rent out tow trucks, like tow your own car. Yeah. It's just like it's like oh my tire, you know, you're crashed on the freeway. It's like oh I need a tow truck. Okay, great. When are you gonna come? When can you come by and pick up the tow truck? <laughs> when are you gonna come get that tow truck that you ordered? <laughs> It's still here. Are you still on the freeway? <laughs> but uh, uh, it doesn't seem like a business that would last very long. I, I think it would have been funnier had like MacGyver gone out and like gone to tow truck driving school, got a job at a tow truck company. Yeah, we spent like three months with him, like getting his certification. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, like Frank's been dead for two months. <laughs> <laughs> just meanwhile, back at the lumber yard, it's just a corpse. <laughs> 
<laughs> they just leave it there, <laughs> driving around it all the time. We've seen these henchmen leave bodies in weirder places. Um, yeah, so uh, that was the first part is he rents the, the, tow, the truck tow truck from Acme Tow Truck Rental. Then he slides under Wiley's car, which is not suspicious at all. Yeah, very... A guy rolling under the marshal's car in the marshal's only parking spot. In, right in front. It's the front first car in front of the building yeah, where everybody everyone's... walking by. And it's not like he's completely under the car working on it either. He's like, his legs are half sticking out. Yeah. There would definitely be a cop like, hey, so what's going on here, sir? Yeah, and he, he cuts the radiator line, uh, or what we're assuming is the radiator line. Oh, green it's green, fluid. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, radiator's got a lot of fluid. You would... You would see it. Yeah. You would see it, and you would probably smell it. And you probably wouldn't want it all over you. It's gushing over MacGyver's yeah, arms and exactly. all over his face. And, but, you know, getting into the car, you'd see, like, this big puddle of green fluid all around. Like, yeah. someone broke open a... Like, Ecto-cooler under your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's drinking Ecto-cooler from my car? <laughs> oh, man. This must be from when I spilled Ecto-cooler in my parking spot earlier. <laughs> it was the 80s. It would have been around. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I missed that. Me, too. They got to bring it back. They will when the when the new Ghostbusters comes out. I'm sure. Oh man, that would limited be the best. limited time only from high C. They got to do it. But oh. yeah, so he cuts the radiator line. Mm-hmm. All this fluid spills out. The point of this is that the car will work for an amount of time before it right. stops because he doesn't want the car to be disabled right there in the lot. He wants it to disable off campus. Exactly. And then, uh, but now he needs to get everyone out of the building. Right. So, so the second part bordering on felony plan. Right. Now, Probably not even bordering. This is a straight up felony. What he does here, see to me, and to me, this this is overly elaborate. Why didn't he just pull the fire alarm? Dude, you're just being crazy now. <laughs> that would never have worked. Yeah, it's like no wait, fire alarm's going off. No, no, no. No, we'll hang out in here until the building burns down. There's there's a window we can jump out. There's no smoke. There's no fire. Exactly. Yeah, I don't believe in alarms. Um. So, but MacGyver, MacGyver makes the point that, that, uh, when people see smoke, they assume there's a fire. Right. So he goes to what I assume is like a little gift shop in the courthouse. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Like there's got sodas and chips. And yeah. They, magazines they just and stuff. snacks and stuff. And so he goes, uh, into the shop. He asks the guy to box up 12 assorted sodas. Um, and he asks him to throw some dry ice in there. Well, he, and he asks very awkwardly, like clearly you, you, it makes it seem like the vendor is the bad guy in this situation, but yeah, MacGyver but, is just like, yeah, I'll have those. Yeah, like, he's like, can I get want? some sodas? And he's like, yeah, we got a lot of different kinds of soda. And he's like, I'll have a dozen mixed. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you could have just said, can I get a dozen assorted sodas right off the bat? Yeah. You didn't have to ask it in such a roundabout way. But uh, And then he says, and can you throw some of that ice in there? And the, the vendor says, Dry ice. Can't put it in the drinks. And he says, I know. Well, do you, do you also know that I need it for my store to work? Yeah, Because this exactly. dry ice is here keeping these sodas cold. But um, Very cold, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. too cold. They're probably <laughs> exploded or frozen. Um, but yeah, so then MacGyver takes these uh, little bricklets of, of dry ice and tucks mm-hmm. them into a ventilation shaft and pours the soda over them. Right. Which water would have worked, wouldn't it? No, it had to be assorted sodas. <laughs> even if they were all the same soda. I don't even think he pours a whole can. He yeah. got a dozen assorted sodas. Eleven of those are to drink later. <laughs> he takes a couple of drinks of the one that he's got <laughs> yeah. while he's pouring it. But and he really isn't there for that long with it. So yeah. I don't think he even opens a second can. Maybe he opens two cans. I think he opens two cans. Max. And then Pop Rocks. Like, he right. put some Pop Rocks on there, too. Because he, he heard a rumor about a kid that exploded. <laughs> he thought it might help. 
but uh, it, and the pop rocks don't even really have a yeah. noticeable effect. It yeah, crackles yeah. a little bit. Maybe yeah. they're hearing the echo of the crackle and assume it's a fire. Oh, okay. That's a, that's going to be a good point. I don't know if that's the case. But uh, either way, this uh, smoke starts billowing throughout the building. Which and then today, immediately evaporating before it hits the ground. Yeah, this would this would be like a government lockdown, homeland security situation yeah. now if smoke were pouring all around this building, and it it doesn't look like fire smoke because it's not going up; it's going down when it's, it comes out of the shaft. Yeah, it's coming down, and it, and obviously it, doesn't, it wouldn't have an odor. I wouldn't right, think. Right. But um, except but, for a, a cherry, <laughs> this smoke smells like cherry. <laughs> oh soda. my god, it's a cherry bomb. <laughs> 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 but um. Wiley immediately assumes it's a fire and uh, calls someone else to verify that it's coming throughout the building mm-hmm. and thinks it's a plan on Frank's life. And so he has his deputies, um, Bridges and so-and-so, um, smuggle Larson. Bridges Larson? and Larson, um, smuggle uh, Frank out of the building through the back door, mm-hmm. which is obviously exactly where MacGyver's waiting for him. It's exactly where Joey would be waiting for him yeah. if this were part of the plan. You don't you don't go out the front door with the guy that, that's giving deposition yeah, on it's the target yeah so of course they go out the back door and uh macgyver sees them come out the back and he gets in his tow truck that he just rented <laughs> and uh he kind of i'm assuming he's tailing them far enough behind that they're not they don't Suspicious. notice it. but um but he also doesn't know where they're going right so like, it's, it's it's kind of like a dangerous thing like you don't want to lose them at this point yeah um but eventually, because of the radiator line being cut, this car is, like, grinding to a halt. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank offers to check it out because they don't really have a mechanic on hand, and this is pre-cell phone era. So yeah. they didn't really have another way to get help. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, obviously probably has some knowledge of cars. I would assume, because this is a vehicle that is used by law enforcement, that it would have some kind of a radio or something that they would be able to call for assistance. Yeah, that's a good point. Assistance. But apparently it doesn't. And uh, the engine head looks like burnt toast mm-hmm. now, according to Frank, uh, once they get the hood popped. Um, luckily for them, a tow, the truck. tow truck driver shows up. And uh, and uh, Larson, I think, goes out into the street and uh, starts shouting for the tow truck to stop. He does not stop. He doesn't stop until he's very close to hitting Larson. <laughs> but his his stop command is getting more and more erratic stop i feel stop. like stop and his voice cracks on the third one but I, he really sounds legitimately like will forte as mcgruber to me <laughs> in his in his stop shouting okay stop stop stop, hey, hey, stop. he eventually does stop doesn't kill the federal agents no and uh which would have would have been okay because he would have gotten frank had he done that yeah it would have been fine um, so MacGyver pulls up um, past them. They insist that he stop. He's he's hesitant to just sell them on the fact that he's an uninvolved tow truck driver. Right. But um, they pull out their badges and they're like, you're going to help us right now. And he says, oh, he's got time for a badge. Yeah. So he pulls past the car and he starts to back up to the front of it. And they're guiding him in backward. And my argument here is that they are completely at fault for the ensuing accident. Right. Because they're telling him, all right, come on back, come on back. And he's still saying the word come on when the tow truck makes contact with the front mm-hmm. of their car. Come on back. Come on. Easy. Yeah, it, they try to make it seem like, oh, MacGyver's being a jerk, like just kind of messing with them. Yeah. But yeah, like they're, they're, they're not selling him to – it's not like a whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, and they, then They don't start it. saying that until after he's already hit it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so MacGyver backs up to the thing, and then he plays this inept tow driver character. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, he's just complaining about his job and about this terrible tow hitch. And meanwhile, giving 
Frank, who who has just picked up on what's going on, the signal of get in the tow truck while I screw with these people. Right. You see, he grabs hold of the car with the tow truck. Right. And drives off with it, leaving and the leaving, leaving the them agents stranded. behind. And then they are slow on the uptake, but they figure out this tow truck driver just left with their car mm. and their witness. <laughs> And uh, they turn around and immediately commandeer a vehicle in the middle of the street. Right. Um, and just leave this poor driver stranded in See, a now, bad neighborhood. If, if the if the federal marshals or someone was going to commandeer my car, I'd ask to go with them. I don't know if that be allowed. because I would at least ask for some kind of identification or some way to... To reclaim my car. Yeah, to get your vehicle back. Because what if these are just two guys off the street? Yeah. And they just say, give us your car. We're going to commandeer this vehicle. I mean, they had badges, but I don't know what a badge looks like. Yeah, for I, sure. I, I, I certainly don't know what a federal marshal badge. I mean, I guess it would say federal marshal on it, but it just but seems so like. But so would a federal marshal badge that I bought at a store. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, if you're going to go to the Halloween store and get like a sheriff's badge, it says sheriff on it. It goes like, oh, well, that seems No, we're going to myth bust this. We're just going to go around stealing cars today, and <laughs> we're going to let you know how it works out for us. If Anton Chigurh can do it, just dressed as a guy with an air tank. Yeah. Um, so yeah, MacGyver has Frank again, and uh, for some reason they don't just go straight to MacGyver's house. <laughs> As true to form, they go back for a third time. <laughs> that would, I, I would have guessed that would be his first, uh, his first uh, target. Right. But instead, they go to the hospital um, to check on Katerina because they don't know what this ticking clock situation is, mm-hmm. how, how how much longer she has. So they get to the hospital, and uh, and MacGyver basically says. Look, uh, I'm gonna let you go in there. I'll just hang out here, and then when they kind of peek around the corner, the bed's empty. Right. Uh, a nurse walks. You know, like they think they think they're too late. So MacGyver asks the nurse who passes by, "Is like, oh, when did this when did this lady pass away?" And and she, the nurse gives this really weird reaction, like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Uh, like she's, she's like, like, "Oh, laughing. you goofy family members. Yeah. No, your mom's not dead. <laughs> she's not dead. We just she just left." <laughs> that that. That's like a classic thing too. Like you, seeing the hospital bed made. Yeah. Like you just, oh no, I'm too late. Uh, I wonder, do they really are they that quick to make a bed too? And like, as soon as someone, well, yeah, I don't know. As, maybe maybe they're hard up for hospital space, or they. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff happens, and those those beds are expensive to well, stay in. I mean, but and usually hospitals, you have to like check in. You have to like say, I'm here to see so and so, and they would immediately have said, oh, she's not here. Yeah, that's true. Like, they just walked right past whoever. Yeah, reception. they just walked into the hospital. But she has been; she is still alive. But she has been moved from the hospital to back to the house, her own home, which is yeah. also Joey's home. Apparently, yeah. it's the house they grew up in, um, so and it's a fortress. It is a fortress. Um, but lucky for them, uh, there's nobody posted to capture Frank here at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Apparently, well, because it's the whole. This is the bait for the trap. Yeah, but wasn't the hospital bait already? Like, wouldn't they have been able to catch him at the hospital just as easily as they could catch him at home? Well, and well, that was and that was Wiley's concern. Yeah. So I guess, I guess not. Yeah. Too many. I guess it was too public. So yeah. So they moved her home so that he'd have to go literally into the building to see his mother before mm-hmm. she passed away. They they head over to the Bennett household, and uh, and Frank immediately remarks that. The, the electric no fence is off. The, yeah. the cameras aren't running. There's no one outside. It's yeah. very suspi- very suspicious. It's a MacGyver says like they got the welcome mat out for you, which we don't see. But I'm assuming he knows this because he grabbed onto the electric fence real quick <laughs> yeah. and then started tap dancing in front of a camera and it didn't follow him out of frame. 
Cut to Alan Grant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just kidding, MacGyver. Terrifying. Tim and Lex. But yeah, so uh, MacGyver basically says he's laid out the red carpet for you. Mm-hmm. It's a very clear trap, and uh, you can take the bait if you want. And we'll try and figure this out. Wiley should be here soon. Mm-hmm. So all the marshal service pulls up. They have like four cars. Yeah, they 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 each they don't carpool. Yeah, they're they're real big on on uh, killing the environment, and they they all pull up to the house at the same time. Um, and approach the gate where Uncle Vincent is uh, standing guard and basically mm-hmm. says, we have a contact at the courthouse and the agent denied your your request for a warrant because, I mean, he said, I mean, it's a little on the nose for my taste, yeah. but he just basically says, we it pays to have friends in high places. And it's yeah. just like, okay, well, well, you're admitting to me that there's a corrupt judge? Like, you couldn't just let it pass as, like, a coincidence? Or yeah, exactly. Something that fell through the cracks? Like, the, any, I mean, they couldn't have said, too, like, you know, well, once your warrants get here, once your warrant gets here, which I doubt it will, yeah. then you can come in. Like, yeah. they didn't play, basically, yeah, he just flat out tells them, we bribed a judge. Yeah, we and, made a judge, and, and the warrant you thought you had isn't coming, so. And, and by name, you said, like, yeah, he gives the judge his name. Yeah, so. Um, they stay parked outside in case Frank shows up mm-hmm. because they don't know if Frank's already inside and they're right. not being allowed to check. Um, so MacGyver and Frank sneak in, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, if they'd have just gone in the front door and Wiley saw them, then he would have had a reason to go into the house. Yeah, absolutely. Things would have been a lot safer. But instead, uh, MacGyver and Frank uh, break in. Yeah, um, that's true. Had they just said, hey, Wiley, we're right here. And then, and then Frank just booked it for the door. Wiley would have been able to follow him in. Exactly. But, but that um, didn't happen. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. They climb over a brick wall, as is MacGyver's way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, – basically, he lets Frank go just freely walk up to right. the front door but on not, the inside of the gate, not where Wiley would be able to see exactly. him. Exactly. But um, not before telling Frank, hey, listen, give your mother a kiss for me, will you? Yeah, which is just <laughs> the creepiest. It's like, wait a minute. What did you do when I asked you to check on my mom before? <laughs> Make sure to tell her it's from me, too. Yeah. Like, don't just kiss, kiss her. Kiss your mom and then say, that's from MacGyver, please. That's <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. So uh, so Frank heads up to the door, and there's there's some goons already standing outside that are just like, oh, we've been expecting you. Like, mm. they all know exactly yeah. what's going down. Um, and he's invited into the house, and he sort of has another face-off with his brother where – where he just points out, you know, this is genuinely nice of you to let me come in and say goodbye to her, um, even if you, your intention is to kill me immediately afterward. Right. And he says, "Father or Papa would be proud. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, he would. Like, he's so <laughs> excited about that. And then he's like, yeah, that always mattered a lot to you. Like, like oh, oh, burn. <laughs> you care what your dad thinks, loser. <laughs> and, and it hits him that hard. It seems like he turns around and he's like, oh. I don't care what my mom thinks, but my dad? Yeah. Uh. Not even really that concerned about my mom's death here. Yeah. But so Frank goes upstairs and has this uh, touching goodbye moment with uh, with his mom. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then she passes and then continues to move around a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah. <she, laughs> <laughs> he's, he's putting the sheet over her in like the respectful you've just passed away but she's still breathing and moving around. <laughs> it's See, like, it's one of those things like when you close a dead person's eyes, you know, that it's like is it a respectful gesture, or is it just, like, creepy to look at a dead person with their eyes open, yeah. or look at a dead person in general so you cover their face? I never understand the whole closing the eyes thing. And it's always one of those things where they just sweep their hand and they just seem to close. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just, like, a movie thing. 
or the, if the force actually works, and yeah. you can just slide it over their face. <laughs> it, it, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really. I very rarely do I close people's eyes after they die. <laughs> Usually, I leave them open. And so uh, she passes. Um, they they share a story about when he was a kid. He promised he'd always protect her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a weird thing to say right before you die. Like, why didn't you prevent this or something? Yeah, they're, they're not, kind of almost placing blame. Because he doesn't really protect her in any way, so it's weird to just bring up that story at this point. But so she passes. And he kind of lets go of her hand, and then we we do see before he covers her face, she kind of turns her head to yeah. the side, and she's still breathing, um, or maybe the body exhales mm-hmm. after you die. Twenty one grams. Twenty one grams of oxygen comes out of you, <laughs> and uh, and he covers her face with the blanket, um, and he just kind of goes to the window, uh, which I guess the signal was to macgyver was going to be that he would close the curtain in her room well the curtain it's it's like one of those it's a double curtain right it's so it's, it's got like the like the the light curtain that would allow light into the room right and then, and like then the, the full dark, blackout yeah. curtain and so he i think he closes the inner curtain right but before he does that he he notices for himself that wiley is gone right because uh we should have mentioned before that uh oh. while while frank is in the room with his mother um joey calls wiley doing an impersonation of Frank's voice, which he, because he, it's his actual brother, right. is, is able to do a really convincing impersonation, or it's faked in post. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't seem too eighty yard to me. Yeah, it, it, I'm sure that it is, but other, but what's the other? What other reason to hire brother actors? Yeah, like, I'm not really I'm, unless they'd worked with them in the past. Like maybe the production team knew them personally and was like, "Oh, could we have you and your brother play these two characters on the show?" Or, yeah, it, it, there's some story behind this, though we just don't know. Or they thought that the the brotherly chemistry would come across more than than maybe it right. does because it, it kind of just feels like they're two different actors. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. They, I don't think that they look super alike. Right. They don't walk alike, and. They sound a lot alike right here when he's doing the impersonation, but that could be trickery or that could just yeah. be he's always been able to do an impersonation of his brother. But um, he calls Wiley and he says, we're back at MacGyver's house and uh, and basically hangs up and he turns to Vincent and says, hey, you know, you were always right. Uh, we do sound alike and we walk alike and we mm-hmm. look alike, which I don't I, at least two of the three of those are not the case. Yeah. So Wiley takes off. Right. And uh, that, you know, now all the security system is back on at the house. Right. And there were, there were four marshals posted out front. All four of them go back to MacGyver's place. Right. Instead of just sending two guys or calling a a separate team to go Mm -hmm. intercept them at MacGyver's place. Someone go to check it out. Right. Because clearly something's going to happen here. We know at at the very least that Joey's here mm -hmm. or do we, I guess not. We just know Vincent's here. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know who's in the house because they, they don't have the warrant to search. But, um, so they, they don't leave anyone at the house to report back and let them know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank comes out of his mother's room and, and basically lets his, uh, lets his brother know that their, their mother has passed away. And Joey says, I'm going to miss her. I'm going to miss you too. Um, meanwhile, MacGyver outside is freaking out cause he saw Wiley leave. He saw mm-hmm. the signal in the window. Um, and so now he knows he, his next move has to be to get into this place and to get Frank out before his brother right. kills him. They're sort of walking around the house, um, making their way to the kitchen. Yeah, they're they're the kitchen. I don't understand this. <laughs> he's he's going to kill him in the kitchen. He he turns into a super sadistic brother here. Instead of just like we're doing this out of obligation, this is a business decision. It feels really personal. Mm-hmm. 
as Sonny Corleone would say, it's very personal. You know, this is business, and you're taking it very personal. But uh, they're walking down the hall, and he says, uh, In the kitchen, I think. What do you say, Frank? <laughs> it's like, you're talking about your brother. <laughs> like, you're, you're talking about where you're going to kill your brother. First of all, you why are you this happy about killing him? I understand mm-hmm. it's serving a purpose to you, but you shouldn't be excited about doing it. Second of all, why the kitchen of yeah, all places? Go to the garage or... Yeah, I mean... Okay, is it because it's an easy clean situation? Because I would be worried about, I mean, depending on how you're doing it, contaminating yeah. your kitchen in some way with your brother's remains. Like, you don't want to do it in there. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. But uh, so as they approach the stairs, we see MacGyver um, uh, coming. He, he comes across the yard. He picks a lock with his knife. With his knife. Yeah, he just kind of jams it in there. Which doesn't look possible. Uh, it's gonna mess up that knife. Though. I feel like he he used the knife also to get into Catelyn's apartment in the heist. Um, we don't really see what he uses to get in there, but he didn't have anything yeah, else on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just because he, he just picked the lock. The locks. We, we you're just, it's one of those things where you're just supposed to assume that he knows how to pick a lock. He knows how to pick a lock with a knife. What he does it here, and he'll do it again in, in our next episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's big on on picking the locks, and he he doesn't use the same tool next time that he uses this. Right. Time. But different um, lock. Right. But um. <laughs> So they they have some attack dogs that are approaching him um, mm-hmm. that uh, are basically running full speed at the door as he's trying to pick this lock, but he gets it just in time. Good dogs. Yeah, slams the door in their face, uh, gets into the house, but not before um, there's a trash can right next to the door and he grabs some string out of it and a pole. <laughs> it's covered in branches that are covered in string. Yeah, it's like all yard waste, and then for no reason there's like a a, a PVC pipe or is it a metal pipe? It's some kind of pole, like piece of pipe or pole. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and just a lot of string. And I don't know what they would have been using the string for, but it's just piled up on top of the trash can. So he grabs all the string and this pipe, and he goes into the house. Now, how had had the branches been like tied up in the string, like like a bundle? Yeah, that would have made sense. But they were everything they was just, just kind draped of thrown over around. the top. Yeah. It looked like they just had a tree and string party, and this was <laughs> the takedown. But um, so MacGyver gets into the house. He gets to the bottom of this uh, larger staircase, and he's sets the pipe across one of the steps mm-hmm. and then he wraps the string around so that when he pulls on it it'll lift it just up above a step so that as they're coming down the stairs he can use it as a trip line right Ho- um, hoping that frank is in the front of the line or in the back i assume he could have used yeah. it either way but frank is in front steps over it and then macgyver pulls the rope to lift the the trip line and these the two henchmen trip over the pipe and luckily don't knock frank down the stairs mm-hmm. because again frank has no idea what the plan is and just happens not to fall prey to it exactly um so then macgyver uh true to his ways uh hops over the railing <laughs> and grabs frank and they head upstairs which any horror movie will tell you is always the best decision. Yeah, exactly. Go go deeper into the into the. That has worked out well for one person in the history of film, and that was the woman in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Everyone else, that was a terrible idea, and even for her, probably not a great idea because she ended up having to jump out the window before she could run across the yard. Yeah. But yeah, so they go upstairs, and then they end up locking themselves in the attic. Um, I love houses that have sizable attics. Yeah. Like I, I really am just impressed by a house that's so large that there's a private staircase in a because the staircase was in its own room before right. the attic. Yeah. This is another another like storage space. It just reminds stairs. me of uh, Beetlejuice kind of. Yeah, it's like god. Like these there's old a door houses. to a room with stairs with a door at the top. Yeah. Yeah. How much that's how much protection you need for your attic. Yeah. And uh so of course an attic is that's that's 
friggin' pay dirt for MacGyver. Yeah. He'll he'll find he'll find anything and everything he needs up there, including camphor balls. Camphor uh, balls, which is exactly what he needed. Yeah. But fir- first order of business is piling a bunch of junk up against this door to mm-hmm. keep them from coming in, and they start firing their guns through it. Yeah, they're trying to they're just trying to shred the whatever's blocking. Which it. I think was working better than. Because then they then they turn to just trying to shove the door open or right. make a battering ram out of out of this bench. Bench, get the bench. There's a bench. Get the bench. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So they uh, they give up on shooting through it, which I, they could very easily have killed Frank and yeah, MacGyver that way. I feel if they just would have kept opening fire, they probably would have. Yeah, at least mortally wounded them. Um, also, giving anyone had the marshals been there though. Yeah, it would have for... been a great tip-off that there's something bad going on in yeah, here. Yeah, that's 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 probable cause if you hear an Uzi going off. Yeah. Um, so uh, while they have this door uh, barricaded, uh, MacGyver starts putting together a plan for how they're going to get out across the yard. Because, as Joey points out, the only escape here is the window. And if the fall doesn't kill them, the dogs, the dogs will. will. Um, and so MacGyver takes a look and he sees he's got a telescope. He's got some string. Mm-hmm. He's got. Yeah, he finds all kinds of pieces of piping and rods up in this attic. Right. Um, maybe part of a tent or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, and he has um, this. Uh, I guess it's a stronger cable. It's not just string. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a thick. Board. And then he has the camphor balls. He has some he, lighter fluid or something. Uh, cleaning fluid. Cleaning he called fluid. it. I don't know. It, it's in a tin can, so I would think it's maybe some kind of whatever it is. Wood. It's flammable. And just for, so people know, camphor balls, I I always called them mothballs. Right. But uh, I've never heard of them called camphor balls before. You know, he uses the technical term. Maybe mothballs is a brand name or brand something. Brand name. Yeah. Uh, it's a duct tape Kleenex situation. Yeah. But yeah, camphor balls. <laughs> um, yeah. So he basically turns this uh, really nice um, old school looking telescope. Oh, very nice telescope. Into a cannon. Um, he jams a pipe into one end of it or a rod into mm-hmm. one end of it. And that's going to be our projectile. And then at the other end, he loads in the, uh, the cleaning fluid, the camphor balls and other flammable fuel. Yeah. Like items. He, he soaks some socks and, uh, nylons or rags that he found up there in, uh, in the cleaning fluid and uses it at a fuse. Yeah. Um, and he ties a cable to this rod, um, so that when he lights it, he fires this this rod like a cannon across the yard, and it and it goes between the branches of a tree on the other side of the fence outside, on, mm-hmm. like on the in the public space on the on the sidewalk. And so now he has a cable running from that tree to this window, and luckily there's a pulley up here. Yeah, a couple so, pulleys. Yeah, so he takes a pulley and he takes a horseshoe and he takes another metal pipe. Right. And he and he makes a handlebar for them to hang on and to swing. Yeah, zipline. Yeah, zipline zip line their the way yard. down the. Which they go separately. So does that mean they had two pulleys? They had two pulleys. There were two pulleys in this attic. <laughs> Wow, that's that's where I that's keep all fortune. my police. Um, so yeah, we have this the scene of them uh, zip lining across the yard, just a foot above these dogs. Yeah, the dogs are jumping up trying to um, nip at their heels, and then they barely make it over this the fence, which, um, as pretty, we were told, is electrified. Right, it's electric fence, and it's sharp on top anyway. So even if it wasn't electric, it would still hurt to land on. Um, they get to this tree. And they're still maybe eight feet in the air. Yeah, they're, they're pretty high up. And just drop down out of the tree to safety on the sidewalk. Just as as luck would have it, this is when 
Joey and his henchmen are breaking into the attic mm-hmm. uh, finally, and they realize what's happened. Um, weirdly quickly, I yeah. would, this would take me hours afterward to figure out how they got a zip line to that tree. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, somehow Joey's figured it all out, and he's like, "All right, very clever. You know, Dad would be proud of you." And uh, and then we just we have MacGyver and uh, Frank finishing off the story at, on the sidewalk, just uh, um, admitting that uh, it's finally over. We can hear Wiley and his guys showing back. Yeah, come back. And MacGyver asks him if he has any regrets, and he's like, "Some, but that's how it's got to end." And it's yeah, it's like it, two seconds. Then they <laughs> yeah, he says uh, he says it's finally over, and then he says, "Yeah, I think for for Joey it is." All in all, it was it was a good episode. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, it's interesting to see MacGyver intrude on on a, a mafia stereotype. Yeah, we hadn't seen before. Yeah, that, that's a that's a new a new take, and uh, and just another government organization that he's working for now. Like now he's working for the Marshal Service. It's very you know it it seems like he is so well known in so many different circles that he can be lent out yeah, to so he, many different organizations. He is a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. I think what's uh, what's different about this episode. Is that it, well? First of all, like this is all like kind of local too, right? Like yeah. he, there's no exotic locations. This is all in Southern California, in LA, right? Uh, presumably pretty close to where he lived because he's just driving around like it's, you know, you, as you know, driving in LA, <laughs> it takes you a while to get any place. Yeah. So this is all happening pretty pretty close to home for him, uh, which which is different because everything else has been. Pretty exotic, right? I mean, even I mean, whether whether still in this country, but never in his own backyard. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think now. I mean, where have we been so far? We were in New Mexico mm-hmm. for the pilot. For the pilot, we were in Mongolia and New Mexico for the pilot. Then we moved to Burma. Mm-hmm. Then we were in the Virgin Islands for a while, and we were in Central America for a while. Yeah, Budapest. Budapest. Uh, yeah, Central America for Trump's world. I don't know if it's clear where Hellfire is taking place. Or I guess Hellfire was Wyoming, because uh, at least according to TV Guide at the time. Mm. But also so far removed that it takes two weeks for anyone to get there. Last Stand is Arizona. So this is maybe the first time we're even seeing California as California on the show. Right. I uh, mean, every episode has been California exactly, so far. But, uh, and, you know, when, when he was recruited on the beach was probably pretty close to where he was living. Right. I mean, I guess if we're assuming the Griffith Observatory is playing itself, right. then that was Los Angeles. But other than that, we really haven't had any scenes take place in Los Angeles. Right, right. Um, in the MacGyver universe. Anyway. And we know the Griffith Observatory is in Los Angeles. I'm sure right. some, a lot of people do, but they never say, here in L.A., blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's no... They, they don't put up a title after the... Somewhere in Central Asia, they don't put somewhere yeah. in Central Los Angeles. <laughs> but at, until this point, we did not know that he... Had has or ke- keeps an apartment in Venice yeah. that he calls home. And like we said, it's an interesting casting decision to have these brothers actually playing brothers for the mm-hmm. episode. Um, it, it, like just thinking about it, kind of reminded me of like Donnie Darko, where like the Gyllenhaals oh, yeah. playing siblings. And I don't know if that was like by design or if it just it like, worked out really well for that one though. Yeah, they felt more like they had a brother and sister vibe already. Exactly. This this was just like you, know, you said. It's just two actors. Yeah. And and beyond that, two almost mafia caricatures, mm-hmm. um, probably more because of the TV format kind of restricts you a lot in terms of like how realistically you can portray a person if you right. want to get a point across in a limited amount of time. So, yeah, just just channel Corleone. Yeah, it's, and people it's, will get it. Yeah, 
but still i think it's an interesting episode and uh it takes a bunch of turns you mm-hmm. know it's not it's not super straightforward and uh the macgyverisms don't seem completely outlandish or anything no no everything with the exception of the the harpoon yeah we're not cannon. so sure how that will work although macgyver's not either to be fair he makes the point as he's setting it up that the, this has a 50 50 shot of actually throwing this beam where it's just going to explode and kill them in this attic but uh our determination is that this would not work because the rod that he's using as a projectile is like two inch diameter and this telescope is like a f- six or eight inch diameter. Yeah. It's, there's just too much space around the projectile for the explosion to, to take. Yeah, it would the never force, just The force wouldn't out. push this thing unless you had a lot more explosive power behind it than he does. Um, in which case it would explode and kill mm-hmm. them both. But uh, yeah, I think it's a good episode and uh, unfortunate that we have no opening gambit. But yeah, no opening gambits. That's my favorite part. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for the prodigal. Also, I wanted to uh, make a mention. We got a note from uh, listener Frank Siriani about um, something we we actually missed on uh, our last episode, season one, episode eight, Hellfire. Um, there's a quick shot, um, and he pointed out in a, a screenshot that he sent us. It's about 16 minutes and 21 seconds into the episode. And uh, there, you see a crew hand pop into the shot. We just rewatched this on yeah. uh, Netflix, so we actually uh, we will probably um, you know what I'll put a uh, an edit uh, an update to our previous blog post, so okay. it'll go up on yeah. the website. We'll I'll, I'll make a GIF of it, something that just kind of loops real quick, so you can GIF. see. Don't say GIF. Don't I know that's GIF. how it's supposed to be said, but no one says that. Okay, <laughs> I'll say it how Richard wants, not how the guy who invented it wants. Um, but yeah, I'll put a GIF up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and you can see uh, basically as as Cooper Huckabee and Richard Dean Anderson are approaching the pile of uh, explosives, <laughs> maybe the stack was already going to fall over and yeah. explode because you see the hand of a crew member sort of reach in from the right side of the screen and just make a slight adjustment to the the stack of explosives. Um, they're wearing a glove, so it's a little harder to tell in the screenshot that there's a hand there, but um, hopefully in in the GIF. <laughs> you'll be able to make it out but uh thank you very much frank for pointing that out we, di- we didn't catch that and uh if anybody else catches things in episodes uh moving forward please uh make a note uh send us a note on our our facebook page or wherever um so we can we can uh document that stuff on the site because uh it's it's fun to catch those things absolutely so thanks again for that be sure and tune in next week when we're going to be covering season one episode 10 target macgyver which uh, we think should have had a colon in it. Yeah, definitely colon or comma. Uh, It's very cumbersome to say. But uh, Target MacGyver sounds more like a command. Yeah. But anyway, Target (laughs) MacGyver, episode 10 next week. Thank you again for listening. Thank you. Thank you.